Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode. So happy that you joined us. Uh, We are still, (laughs) I feel like Groundhog Day, we are still sheltering in place as most of you, probably all of you listening are, hopefully. And for some of us living in cities that have been hit harder by coronavirus, mainly me in New York City, (laughs) um, you know, I've, I've spoken with my work colleagues who also live in the city and some of them think it's high time to just get out. The idea of moving from a very congested city to some place that's a little bit more affordable, you get a little bit more space, is attractive. And I believe, Eric, you just, um, right before we got on here, you had pointed out an article that said, what, like a third of Americans want to move to a less densely populated area? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was something from the Harris poll that it was quoted in a USA Today article about people looking to to possibly flee cities and how it's going to affect the housing market. I'm sure we will discuss this in future pods, but mm-hmm. yeah, because it's, it's of a re- it's, because of coronavirus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. of the yeah, it's a real thing. And so that also reminded us of this program that the city of Tulsa in Oklahoma started. Right. It's the city of Tulsa and community organizations, and they launched this program a couple of years ago, uh, November 2018 to be exact. And they're paying you, if you're a remote worker and you then say, okay, I'm going to do my remote work where I can work anywhere in the country, I'm going to move to Tulsa, they're giving you $10,000 to nice. live in Tulsa. Yeah, it's a $10,000 grant, basically. So it's incentivized. And I saw a story, there was a story, I think, floating around within the past couple of days about somebody that I think left Brooklyn and, and went to Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not, you know, of course, there's an application process. It's not that they're standing outside the city limits of Tulsa handing you $10,000 $10, check as soon as you drive through the city limits. Like, hey, I'll uh, Venmo you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that. You do have to apply and there's an interview process or whatever. But yeah, if you're approved and you you know you do decide to live in the city and work remotely for your company, whatever your company is, they will uh, give you ten thousand dollars. And this is something you said started two years ago, so this was pre-COVID, right? But is from our understanding gaining some traction and some interest because of COVID right now, right? Right. This is starting to look like a more interesting opportunity. Yeah, right. and it says that similar programs are being tried in Vermont, Northwest Alabama, and most recently Topeka, Kansas, with their own variations. So all, all offering monetary grants. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. Oh, wow, cool. I mean, ten thousand dollars probably wouldn't get you a lot in terms of even like a down payment on a house. The median home price right now in Tulsa list list price is around two ten two hundred ten thousand dollars. Okay, okay. And, so ten thousand. Yeah. Could be. I could mean, maybe not right now payment. in the age of coronavirus, but it could. It put, it could put you close to that, yeah. that down payment. Um, right. So anyway, I mean, would you guys move there? Do you think for ten k? I, I'm not technically a coastal elite like you guys are because I oh, grew up in no. Nashville. Oh, oh yeah, but you, but where but, do you live now? Wait a second. Uh, How long have you just, lived? You've lived in California a long enough time to call you a coastal elite. Yeah, but I'm saying I have lived in middle America. So mm-hmm. I I know what it's like to live in a mid-sized city in, in uh, a landlocked state. Um, 
And I, I will admit it's not that bad. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think it would be pretty cool to go to a place and kind of hopefully be like a pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're hoping for out of this is that people will move there and kind of build a new ecosystem and encourage their friends to move there. Um, for $10,000. Yeah. What, what's yeah. your, pr- what's your price? What's my price? Yeah, Name I'm sorry. It's <laughs> kind of gross. How much can, can I be bought for? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even go there. Come on. I know. I, as soon as it came out of my, well, I won't even say that. I believe you haven't answered the question. What's yeah, because I don't know my answer. What my price is? Um, not ten thousand. Not. Would 10, you consider? Okay. Would you consider it for a hundred thousand? Yes. Would you do it for a hundred thousand? Maybe. I think you're on the right track with six figures. What's your price, Natalie and Eric? To be honest, I think my I think it would have to get up to like half a million for me to actually consider it because 95% of my friends are and family are in California. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty drawn to that that state that seems like a realistic home base for me so to be pulled across the country you know to a different state in the middle of the country it would the pot would have to be pretty sweet i think half a mil and then maybe i'll consider it yeah yeah i'm kind of i mean i I was thinking that number too but i i even probably have to go higher it's an interesting thought experiment like you know just to consider even those cities that rachel threw out like vermont or alabama you know how much would what's your price in terms of what what would it take for you to say like huh i'm really ready to make that leap and especially in the age of coronavirus you know we're so stuck in one place and and maybe people are dreaming of what's what's possible out there and and right and moving to a new place a new experience like the yep. new Oregon Trail. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. I'm just th- I'm picturing people packing up their wagons and moving west, but not right. as far west as California. Well, there may be a price on moving to Tulsa. Most people, including Eric Gunther, would never want to live in a haunted house. Um, That's that is not true. That's, that's slander. Not accurate. That, that is, is not accurate. He doesn't care. <laughs> oh, he doesn't care about living in a haunted house. He's, He's indifferent. Not... Right. Okay. Ra- Rachel would have no price. There would be no price that could, could Rachel would yeah. never set foot. Okay. We are talking about, of course, The Conjuring House um, from the, the movie, the three movies, The Conjuring <laughs> <laughs> trilogy. Uh, news recently broke that The Conjuring House, which is located in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Um, yeah. We'll be live streaming during the pandemic. Um, live for a streaming. Week. <laughs> so it costs four ninety nine for a day's worth of streaming, and <sighs> what is it? Nine ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. I think it's nineteen ninety nine for a week's worth of streaming. Mm-hmm. So to give some context, we actually have talked about this house before on the podcast. Um, there's a real family who lives in it. And when we talked about this, I believe it was last August or September, uh, they were talking about turning it into an Airbnb. So I think the idea has always been to profit off of the history of this home. The Conjuring series is supposedly based on true events that happened 
to a family that lived in this house. Um, right. Not the one that's currently there. The family that lived there when it happened was back in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, you, you, you mean when the ghosts were there? When the yes. ghosts. <laughs> I think the ghosts are still there. Uh, but I definitely, I, I don't know. Would I pay to watch the live stream? Probably not. No, Eric, would pay- you pay to watch the live no. stream? No, they'd have to pay me. And it would probably be starting at a half a million dollars, just like Tulsa. <laughs> I, I, I have no interest in this at all. It's, it's, it starts on, the live stream starts on May 8th. And that's ugh. why we're talking about it now, if you are into this. Um, I think it's interesting how they've tied this to COVID, though. So the official synopsis reads, The world is on lockdown, and so is the family living in the house that inspired The Conjuring. Watch as the Heinz and family shows you how they live amongst the spirits while toughing out this worldwide pandemic. They have actually reported that they have seen paranormal activity in the house. They've seen flickering lights. They've heard girl laughing. They've heard footsteps, you know. So they claim that there is still a ghostly presence in this house. Mm-hmm. And you can see it from the live stream, maybe. Yeah, they're not trying to make money off of it at all. So. <laughs> It says, you will get an immersive and interactive look inside the real Conjuring oh. house. When paranormal activity happens, you'll see it live. From se- from seances <laughs> to Conjurings, there's a full week schedule of planned activities, investigations, and tests to perform, plus a full roster of paranormal celebrities who will be joining oh. the live stream. Excuse me? We're on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think they're going to do a Zoom meeting. But- oh. <laughs> No. Zoom, Zoom meeting with a bunch of ghost hunters. I mean, I might as well just COVID take me away. I mean, <laughs> why? That I want to do a Zoom meeting with ghost hunters. I'm into this, you guys. I'm into oh. it. Oh, God, no. Wasn't Bridget Marquardt, wasn't she a playmate? Yeah, she was one of the, the girls next door. And now she's a ghost hunter? Oh, God. Is that right? Oh, <laughs> she's no. one of the people listed in uh, who's going to be doing the Zoom meeting. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was one Bridget of the Marquard, the ghost magnet. She calls herself the ghost magnet. Wait, this yeah, can't be was... the same person. No, it's probably her. I'm sure. She, times are tough after the girls next door. Oh, yeah. It fully is her. That's insane. <laughs> she's a paranormal investigator now. Hugh Hefner has passed away, and apparently there's etiquette involved. You're doing the seance. Uh, and the, the thought is you're hoping to speak with him. Well, the original plan is that Holly's house is haunted. Some okay. weird things have been going on. Right. And I went over there to do like a little investigation with my little ghost hunting kit. Right. I have what's called an EMF meter, mm-hmm. electric magnetic field, okay. um, voice recorder. I, ha- I just got a new thermal camera. It's called a FLIR. Um, I have. <laughs> I do go back to Natalie's question about how they're going to conduct investigations if we're supposed to be social distancing yeah well i'm sure it's just the 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 two heinzens in conducting their own special investigations (laughs) (laughs) sounds riveting um we'll we'll watch this space and we'll see what happens oh boy A few weeks ago, we recapped the pilot episode of Fixer Upper, the show that made Chip and Joanna Gaines household names, uh, the HGTV show that no longer is on the air, but thankfully all the episodes are online so we can revisit these magical moments. We decided to watch another episode. This is one of the more famous ones. Uh, it's called it's the, the episode with the faceless bunker house. It's season 12 episode, excuse me, it's season two, episode 12. It was interesting because, again, 
I am not a frequent viewer of Fixer Upper, and it was interesting to see how the personalities had changed from the pilot to this yeah. episode. And Chip, Chip I wrote, was more chipply. I wrote Chip is dot 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 chipper and cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, like he was just hamming it up and almost seemed scripted at points. And yeah, I wrote Chip is unhinged. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it did seem like it was going in that direction. The Fox House is really coming along. You know, I came here today to see Chip and really coming along. You know, maybe this thing is so tight that I'm about to puke. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Thanks for letting me stay looking dumb on national television. Your nose is cold. I know, I'm freezing. Let's talk a little bit about the couple. So Teresa and Steve Fox are the couple who um, purchased the the Fixer Upper. They say they're from a small island in the Pacific. So they're looking for a home in Woodway, Texas, which is supposedly one of the most sought-after places to live in Waco. They want a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house, and their budget is a hefty $580,000. Yeah, they had a lot of money to work with, especially yeah. you know, in Waco where the median home prices are right around 200 to 25. So they found this house, it was listed for 360,000. So that worked out with their hefty budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um gave them a lot of room to work with. Um built in 1979, I don't know if you mentioned that Eric, and yeah, it's huge, 4100 square feet. And had a huge backyard. And I wrote, so ugly. Yeah, and I wrote, so brown. (laughs) (laughs) This house, they call, Chip and Joe named it the Faceless Bunker because they believe it looks like a fortress, a, a safe home that you would go into if there was any sort of nuclear disaster. The siding was brick. You know, it was a lot of brick yeah. on the outside. Um, weird window placement. Uh, not a lot not of many windows. windows. Yeah. yeah, not a lot of windows at all, which is why they added. In the some. front of the house, at, at mm-hmm. the front of the house, at least, yeah. Yeah the 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 front door was set back, and then the the house almost like wrapped in front of itself. Like it was yeah. very bizarre. It's a very bizarre shape of a house. Um, yep. I have to admit, it kind of reminds me of my parents' house. That's okay. <laughs> so ugly but i I mean my parents house was built in like i think 78 77 or 78 so it's on track with this aesthetic okay um weird though very weird interesting unique architecture shape and i think once you step inside the house this the shape of the house makes more sense Mm -hmm. Um, that's it Sort of. It's the strangest floor plan I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The, the. When you first walk in, you do, as Eric mentioned, you walk in on a catwalk uh, overlooking a, a two-story living room. And it's very nice. It's a beautiful view. But um, you're just kind of stuck up there. And the kitchen and the dining stuck area with the kitchen. Yeah, and the dining are upstairs. Area. Yeah. And the living area is downstairs. That was right. kind of strange. I, I think uh it reminded me of like the breaking bad, like the super lab. It's like yes. a, it's got that catwalk and you're looking down on the the lab itself. It's like and- a factory. Yeah, it's like a factory yeah. layout. Yeah. It does have that. And they leaned into that um 
with the renovations, if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. So they, the couple ended up buying the house for 349000 So that's about mm-hmm. $10,000, k less than it was listed for. Yep. That left them with $231,000 for renovations. And I think they used almost all of it because there is so much to do to this house. Um, they ended up, I thought the most interesting thing was the, the beams you're talking about when you walk in, you've got all of these staircases and all of this railing and it was mm-hmm. so imposing. And so they ended up taking that out and putting it was all in, wooden. It was all wooden. Yeah, it was all wood. And they took that out and put in uh, cable. And so it gave it kind of that industrial feel. And I didn't know how I felt about that, but I thought it came together pretty well. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. did lean into that sort of factory breaking bad <laughs> lab look. The, my one question on that was like, did it match the brief? Because the woman said she wanted a beachy feel. Mm-hmm. And this I did had not, the same question. This yeah. did not have a beachy feel. Even in Joanna's renderings that she showed the couple, she had a white railing and, and white beams for the for the landing yeah and there was i mean i didn't detect a ton of farmhouse elements there was no word art as far as i could see well i made a list of the farmhouse things if you'd like me to go through like the table that that big dining table right the reclaimed wood dining table um there was some more exposed brick in the house um there was barn doors on the pantry that it was like Mm. turquoise barn doors on the pantry um (laughs) and then the classic black and white color palette was pretty prevalent throughout the house. So, I mean, overall, I, I didn't get overwhelming farmhouse vibes from this because I don't care too much for farmhouse design. And I actually, I liked what they did with this place. I thought um, for what they were working with, I thought it came together. I can't say that I was too impressed with the improvements that they made to the exterior. Mm-hmm. What they That's did is they going. took off the brick and they, put new siding on uh, horizontal horizontal siding and they put a fresh coat of paint on it. So they got rid of all that brown that Eric was talking about and made it white and brighter. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with what they did. I just think they were working with an ugly house to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. This was, you know, putting lipstick on a pig. I mean, one other, I mean, going back to the beginning of the episode, I wish that they had chosen house three, which was that crumbling mansion. Yes, yeah. Eric. I, I wrote, um, I prefer house number three, Victorian, high ceilings, crown molding, original hardwood. This place was built in 1911, and I would have loved to see that house restored. I would have loved to see Joanna work her magic on that place and Chip, yes. to, you know, w- with what he does in terms of just structural stuff. But yeah, her, her aesthetic with that, kind of old Victorian, I think would have been a real winner. So they're still actively trying to sell this house. Yes. I, you know, they, they've moved on somewhere else. I mean, the, the Fox family still owns it, as far as I can tell. It hit the market for $1.15 million, um, basically call it $1.2 almost. And that was back in 2018. It is still on the market today. It's, you know, Four bedroom, three and a half bath, forty seven hundred square feet. sits on a two acre lot. Huge it's still on the market. Property. Yeah, it's still on the market today for seven sixty nine. Ouch. Yeah, um, so it's it's been cut in price a couple times, more than a couple actually. I mean, it's the most recent cut was on the twenty seventh of April, so just within the past week. It's pretty clear that the the barrier for a lot of people wanting to buy this house is 
the weird floor plan, walking through the front door, walking out to a landing. Most people are like, uh, what? And then having the kitchen like right there. Um, I so think it many takes stairs. So, yeah, so many stairs, especially if you have like that's kids, not kid friendly kids yeah. that are crawling or like yeah small children like mm-hmm. you're not gonna be chill with them just running around that landing that's i can see yeah. people just completely balking at that so i think this house it's a it's a tough sell for the every buyer i think it's they really have to find someone who is creative and believes in it um but right. the backyard is clearly i think the gem of this place right like it's it's on a two acre lot there's a creek in the back i know um joanna mentioned that they might put a pool in that the family might put a pool in later eric do you know if they ever did as far as i can tell from the listing photos there is no pool mm. but if you got a creek in your backyard why would you i mean i guess you can't really no, swim I in the creek. i don't want to go swim in the creek <laughs> swimming in the creek and the creek yeah. in the, cri- in the cri- yeah. creek that's what you call it I, I do like I, I I do like that creek. I I don't know how Joanna took any inspiration from it. I thought that scene was weird, but blessed. I saw a few things. I mean, because they did the um, the kind of reclaimed wood hanging bedside table mm-hmm. in the master oh, bedroom. I mean, there I were just like some very natural elements throughout the house. Where yeah, mm-hmm. I think the kitchen backsplash was more of the you know it was a light it was a blue and that was sort of the water element that mm-hmm. got tied into the house. Um, I loved what they did with the fireplace. The fireplace, they they kept calling it a giraffe fireplace because mm-hmm. the tile pattern did look like a giraffe. Right. And then they took that out and put in, um, I, I don't know what kind of stone it was, but it was, uh, they made it very modern and I really liked it. Yep. Yeah, it, it. I agree. That did look really good. Do they get, they get to keep the furnishings or no. just Joanna, is Joanna just bringing stuff in for staging purposes? She stages it. And then I think some pieces they probably have the option to buy. Um, but yeah, no, it's not like you get the house and everything in it. It's, it's too it's, bad. Yeah. Just for staging, unfortunately. Even, even that giant dining room table that they brought in, that's, that's, that, that's not I, theirs. I think that that was in the budget. I think that okay. when, whenever she has Clint make like commissioned pieces, piece, I think that yeah. that is run by the couple and, and they say, yes, we would love him to create a custom table. So, um, I liked the table. It reminded me a little bit of yours, Eric. Yeah. I, I like mm. the table too. Yeah, me too. It's like a nice space to yeah. spread out. And at the end when they had all their family and friends over, it did look like it was a, pretty great place for entertaining. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So all told the new value of the home with the renovations was 596,000. And now 5 years later they it's listed for 769 after failing to sell for 1.2. After 1. some 2. price cuts. So yeah. I mean that's quite the jump. It's if that appraisal value is correct at 596. 5 years later, or I'm sorry, 2 years later you're going to sell for twice that amount. Yeah, I and backing up, I mean, when they listed in 2018, I think that was kind of, you know, not not that we've lost any of the, the drive, but I think that was kind of at the height of fixer-upper mania, like you know, people trying to cash in on homes that were built, you know, or worked on on fixer-upper, putting them on Airbnb, VRBO, and right. then trying also to sell them for a profit. We'll keep an eye on this. and oh, Of course, yeah, I've been keeping an eye on it for two years <laughs> We keep now. an eye on everything. <laughs> Uh, we have lots of eyes. 
on things. We didn't talk about the message in a bottle. Oh. That was the dumbest thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was kind of glad we didn't. Chip found a message in a bottle and call, and f- located the, the person who wrote the note in the message in a bottle. And apparently he built the house. What a charming story. Okay. I had to wonder if he was like, why the hell are you tearing down everything I built? Yeah. <laughs> like, I worked true. hard on this. Well, and not, not hard enough. Apparently it was all kinds of moisture and crap inside the I know. The yeah. Chip said it was falling apart. All right. Well, this was a fun one. Um, I see another recap in our future. So um, if you enjoy these recaps, let us know. Yeah. Season two, episode 12. Yep. Hulu.com. It's now time for winners and losers. Yay. This is the segment at the end of the episode when we talk about celebrities and the houses that they bought, sold, or rented. We choose one loser and one winner, and we're going to start with our loser. Our loser this week is Eva Longoria. The actress from Desperate Housewives, most famously. Eva is the owner of a home in Los Angeles that was previously owned by Tom Cruise. She bought it from Tom Cruise. And she's been having a difficult time selling this place. Yeah, she bought it from Tom Cruise. And even when we wrote about this place back in 2015, when Tom Cruise was trying you to sell it. You wrote about this place in 2015. I, I did. I'm sorry. I have no. to. It. Yes. And even back then, uh, 13 mil, the one of the agents we spoke with saying, you know, uh, it's a it's not far off, but it's not. It's not exactly where it should be. Mm-hmm. If it was in Bel Air, it would be priceless. But this is in the Hollywood Hills, so I'm not quite. It was a little overpriced even back then. So Eva bought it from Tom, and she paid uh, uh, 11.4 million. And then two years later, she hoisted it right back up onto the market. Yeah, I think she'd gotten married, so she put it back on the market in 2017 for 14 million. Mm. Flash forward three years later, what did she sell this place for? so that's why she's our loser yeah that's a steep cut yeah it's i mean i don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the listing photos on this place i'm looking uh, i'm looking and i mean it's gorgeous it's a beautiful property it's for it's nearly five thousand square feet on 2.4 acres it's a huge place i love the the ceilings with the the exposed um beams with like the painted wood Mm -hmm. it's a really beautiful beautiful place for fourteen million, I don't know about that. I yeah. don't know about that. One thing about this place is that it does look private. It looks very, very private. Yes, it, so it, it, it that, is that's kind of like appeal. a. Yeah, it, if yeah, uh, again, I'm remembering it. It's it's like set back away from. A, it's like a long winding driveway. It's not. Yeah. It's not even like street adjacent. It's like you have to go up a kind of a long curvy driveway just to get to the residence. Yep. Yep. You'd think that would appeal to other celebrities, though. I know, right? I, I, yeah, I, again, I remember talking with agents at the time, and they said, yeah, this would be a perfect celebrity kind of hideaway. This sparked questions that I had this morning. So Tom Cruise had trouble selling it before Eva Longoria bought it. Mm-hmm. Eva Longoria had trouble selling it. What's the concern about buying a house that obviously has had trouble selling? Should you do it? How do you how do you get around that? Should you expect that you'll have trouble too? Right, and that's a great question. But I don't know. You know, for in her case, I think she bought it and then she ended up falling in love and getting married, <laughs> and her life changed. But yeah, your your point is totally valid in that. You know, yes, if you're buying something 
that had that sat on the market for a while, if you're going to turn around and try and sell it without much change to it, just uh, within a couple of years, you, mm-hmm. to ask for more is kind of a little Insane. strange. Yeah, I mean, unless, I mean, what would be the kicker? It would be that you like massively renovated the place i mean yeah a lot of times the reason why a place doesn't sell is either like like the faceless bunker it's like an architecture thing like the the straight up layout of the house is really too much to grasp or it's a location thing in which case you can't really help that Mm -hmm. um or so a price you, thing. Or so. a price thing, yeah. Or it's priced too high. So before you, like, make sure, that's why, like, making sure the neighborhood you buy in is really stellar and it's 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 appealing, it's it's really desirable. And you should, I, mean, I think you should try to figure out why the house had trouble selling in the first place. Yeah. When you bought it so that you can preempt any of those, those issues. So obviously yeah. she probably knew it was overpriced to begin with. When she bought it from Tom Cruise. So yeah, it's kind of insanity to me that she would turn around two years later and ask for even more money than Tom Cruise did. Right. Right. Well, somebody liked it. Yeah, somebody liked it. Okay, let's move on to our winner. Our winner this week is the one, the only, Kylie Jenner. You've probably heard. (laughs) She bought a brand new LA mansion for the insane price of 36 Point five million dollars. But why she's a winner is that this place was originally listed for fifty-five million. Right. So even though she paid an arm and a leg, um, she paid less of an arm and a leg than she she, she didn't pay two arms and two legs. Thirty percent less of an arm or a leg. I right. Mean, she got thirty percent off, and this is a, this is a brand new, you know, home spec home that's never been lived in i'm sure i would love oh. to hear natalie criti- what changes would you make yeah you're, i'd love to hear <laughs> natalie's critique of this brand new home we'll get into that it's also just an additional home to add to her already portfolio. stocked portfolio of real estate holdings that's why she's also our winner this week yes. right kylie has a massive real estate portfolio um and this place is in holmby hills which is near kind of like Beverly Hills area, um, extremely wealthy neighborhood in Los Angeles. So all told, what's her net number of real estate holdings now? We believe this is house number four, it, it, but that might be understating it. Insane. Jeez. Insane. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you guys said, this is a brand new house. It's a spec house. Um I told you guys it had sort of like Kim and Kanye house vibes. And I Mm -hmm. think that's because the exterior is essentially looks like cement. um, And a lot of the flooring looks like it's cement. So there is like a stark element to it. The pool area looks like it's in the center, like as a courtyard, like the the home is built around at least one of the pools. If there's not, if there are multiple pools, there's one in the middle kind of the home. It it almost looks like a Vegas, like, there's like a Vegas club that I've been to that there's like a pool in the middle and there's like cabanas. MGM or something, yeah. Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was like the excess or something, but... Um, it's There's a lot of concrete going on here. Very few trees. I don't... Mm-hmm. It's not my style. Yeah. But uh, it also, to host f- friends and family, it also comes with two guest apartments with kitchenettes, two more guest suites with private patios and entrances and a dedicated guard house with a full bath and kitchen. 
So for someone who has a huge family who they're very close with, this house makes sense. If you want to, you know, if your sister doesn't want to drive 10 minutes to her house, <laughs> she, can, right. she can stay because we know the that horror. the Kardashians literally all own homes within that like Hidden Hills, Holmby, like Beverly right. Hills, Calabasas area. <laughs> yes. Sometimes yeah, you just don't have the fortitude. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if you, either one of you are among her 163 million Instagram followers, I'm but not uh, negative. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's probably maybe shown this place off by now on Instagram. I'm not sure. Um, I am on her Instagram right now, and she has posed quite a few times inside and outside this home. Okay, I see. I see, I see lots of views of her uh, in the pool. Mm-hmm. She's hugging the palm tree that's out there. Yeah. I see her in front of this weird wall um, with the fireplace. Yeah, she's she's been spending some time there. Just crazy. Just a crazy yeah. property. But, yeah, the fact, like I say, as we said at the top, the fact that she got it for $36.5 million when it was originally listed for fifty-five shows a little bit of savvy. And uh, for that, we're calling her our winner. All right. And that is it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, go to realtor.com slash news uh, or go to Google, type in realtor.com and the topic and the story should show up. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us via email podcast at realtor.com. And if you liked what you heard today, please do us a solid. Give us a five star rating. Write us a review. It helps people find us. We'd love to hear from you on Facebook or Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on both. Uh, chime in, join the conversation there, and tell us what you think. Awesome. Thanks so much again, and we will catch you later. Bye. 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 Bye.